Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hi everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. If you guys are new here, welcome. My name is Amber Rose, also known as The Religious Hippie, and today I have my producer with me, and he is recording this. Welcome, Todd. Hi, Amber. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. I'm excited about today's topic. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm really excited about it, too. Today, we're going to be talking about Advent. Awesome. I'm sure I'll have questions, so I'll come in at the end if uh, if I have anything that I don't know which might be a lot. (laughs) You never know. You know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. All right. Sounds like a plan. So today we're going to be talking about Advent, like I mentioned. And I think this is just really fitting as right now we are in the second week of Advent. And I, you know, really just enjoy this time of year. It's a really good time to just reflect back on our lives throughout the year and see what we did good, what we could work on and really grow in character and just virtue in general. So today I really wanted to talk about Advent and its purpose. I really wanna get into the history and I am going to give you guys some tips on how to celebrate Advent. So without further ado, I'm gonna get into it. So the first thing we're gonna touch on is the word. Advent. The word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. So that's where we get Advent. Now, Advent is four weeks leading up to Christmas where we prepare for the coming of Christ. And, you know, well, what are we preparing for? There are three things that we prepare for. Obviously, I mentioned the first one. We prepare for the first coming of Christ, which is his birth. We prepare for the second coming of Christ, which is stated in Revelations. You know, this is where he comes down on a cloud for last judgment. Um, And then we also actually prepare for the third coming of Christ, which is the coming of Jesus into our lives presently. This is sometimes described as the Eucharist. Um, Other times this is described as, you know, new converts. It's really just, you know, your own take on it. But I really like the Eucharist. That is my favorite take on it. 
Now I want to get into a little bit of the history. And this is what I got from Dr. Taylor Marshall, who is also an amazing YouTuber. And I highly suggest you guys go check him out on YouTube or Spotify. Um, he has some awesome content. And I got this from his website. So the first pre-recorded, you know, the first recorded <laughs> preparation for Christmas is found in the Acts of the Synod of Saragossa, Spain in 380 AD. That is a really long time ago. <laughs> this synod declared that all baptized Christians should be present in church from December 17th till December 25th. If you do the math, that comes out to the eight days before Christmas. So this isn't an, an entire full, you know, Advent season, but it's getting there. In the seventh century, um, Advent was celebrated in Spain with actually five Sundays. And it wasn't until um, Pope Gregory VII um, reduced the number of Sundays in Advent from five to four. So that is our current practice. Um, so it's pretty cool. Now, the third Sunday of Advent, which I was going to touch on a little bit, um, is called Garete Sunday. And it's marked by the rose vestments, um, the rose-colored candle in your Advent wreath, and um, some rose hangings in the church. Now, Gaudete in Latin means rejoice, because this is the third Sunday. And this Sunday marks the basically over halfway point of uh, Advent, which means we only have a little bit more to go until Jesus's birth. So this is a really exciting time for everybody to really get, um, you know, in the spirit of Christmas, so to speak. <laughs> um, so I kind of um, wanted to also touch on this about the Advent wreath. Now, many people believe that this is a Catholic um, you know, origin tradition. It's actually Lutheran in origin. And, you know, the thing though is, is that it was adopted by um, Bavarian Catholics and they spread it all over the world. So technically we Catholified it, <laughs> so to speak. So for us, it has a completely different new meaning and it's a beautiful tradition that I suggest families participate in, especially for the younger children, as it gives them a visual representation of what Advent is, and it kind of gives them that antici anticipation uh, leading up to Christ's birth. So basically, that's that, and like I mentioned in the beginning, we are preparing for the second coming of Christ, the first coming of Christ, and the present coming of Christ into our lives. So, that's just a little fun fact and a little history for you guys, in case you guys are curious about that. I also wanted to throw in some fun facts about Advent because I feel like this is the perfect time to really get in that happy spirit, you know? Um, and you know, the best thing that I find about Advent is that it actually marks a new beginning for the Catholic Church. I mean, in general, the liturgical year. Um, this is because, you know, Advent represents the time in history that Jesus was actually unknown to us. The liturgical year, however, ends on the feast day of Christ the King when he reigns over the entire universe. So the liturgical season begins before we know Jesus, before our Savior has come to deliver us. And then the liturgical year ends when Jesus is our Savior and he is the King who reigns over the universe. I just think that's really awesome. I also wanted to point out that Advent and Lent are 
semi-similar in the fact that they both have violet as some um, one of their main colors and also that it is still a time for penance. However, there is, you know, differences as in we are waiting for the coming and birth of Christ and Advent and for Lent, we are waiting for the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ on Easter. So there's some differences, obviously, but Advent, unlike Lent, focuses on the light because Christ entered our sinful and dark world to redeem us, whereas Lent is usually a darker um, time where we are penance and sorrowful and um, we are, again, waiting for the light of Christ to come and save us, redeem us. The first two weeks of Lent uh, should be fasted and you should go to confession. These are, you know, recommended. And I think this is super important, you know, go to the sacrament of reconciliation and um, fast the first two weeks of Lent, except for Sundays, of course, it's the same rule as, um, I'm sorry, did I say Lent? I'm so sorry, Advent. <laughs> I had Lent on my mind. So the first two weeks of Advent should be fasted and you should be going to the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, obviously, though, same as Lent, you should not be fasting on Sundays as Sundays is when we really um, celebrate the resurrection and of Jesus Christ. So with that, <laughs> uh, definitely do those two things. And it's Advent, not Lent. <laughs> so with all of that being said, I'm going to tell you guys some traditions that you might be able to implement into your lives or that you could start, you know, in your own family, or maybe you're a convert and you never had these traditions, or maybe you're a traditional Catholic and you just want to add some more traditions. So these will be perfect for you. Now, the first, um, you know, idea that I had for Advent is attend daily mass. I think this is really important. And if you're already doing this, God bless you. That is such a cool thing. Um, I tried doing this right before COVID hit and then unfortunately COVID hit and I was unable to continue, um, but it's still on my list to do. So attend daily mass. I think this is a great time to really be in the presence of God and to really, you know, um, thank him for his gift of his son and, you know, go to adoration too, if you can. Why not, right? <laughs> So then the second thing, which is kind of a no-brainer, and I mentioned it probably already five times, is get an Advent wreath. I think this is really great for families. I think it's really great for kids. As I mentioned before, it helps give them that visual representation of how close Jesus's birth is through candles. Also, it's fire. What child does not want to touch fire? <laughs> it's candles. Please, parents, supervise your children, just in case. <laughs> All right. Uh, the third thing is put up your nativity set, minus the baby Jesus, of course, as you know, or maybe you didn't know, but we don't put the baby Jesus out in our nativity sets as Catholics, or maybe just Christians in general, but I think it's a Catholic thing, until his birthday. So I don't see too many um, Christians, like uh, non-denominational or Protestant Christians that do this, but um, they usually already have their nativity sets out that I remember, or I'm can't remember, but I'm not sure if that's just a Catholic thing, but we don't usually put the baby Jesus out until his birthday. 
Um, and then pray the rosary, become more devout in your prayer life. You know, this could be as simple as, you know, maybe just praying a decade, you know, or really getting into that habit. But if, um, you know, you're not used to praying the rosary, I suggest really praying along with um, a YouTube video or a Spotify, you know, soundtrack or something like that. Because I think those are like really, really helpful when praying the rosary to have somebody to help guide you. Um, also Relevant Radio, they do their, you know, um, family rosary at 7 p.m. Central Time for me. And I just absolutely love Relevant Radio. You can get their Relevant Radio app as well, which is awesome. Um, so that's one of them. Another thing you can do, which ties into, you know, devout prayer life is doing a short or long daily devotion or novena. I absolutely love novenas. They're beautiful. And many people I know are doing the St. Andrew novena because his uh, feast day was just recent. And so they do that. And the it actually goes until I think Christmas, I believe. So it's a pretty cool novena. Um, I also know people that are doing the 54, you know, day rosary novena, which is a very long one, but I think it's really great if you're doing that as well. Um, and for me as a college student who runs multiple, you know, media platforms, and I have a great producer who's helping me with my podcast and everything, and I'm doing YouTube videos and college and all this stuff, it can be really hard for me sometimes to keep up with a long daily devotion or long novena. And so that's when it really helps me to get those short novenas or short, short daily devotions where I can really contemplate it um, throughout the entire day. So that's really great. The next thing that you can do is you can get an advent calendar. I don't know where these originated from, but I absolutely love them. And if you have kids, this is perfect because it really gives them, you know, like, <laughs> I love what Dr. Taylor Marshall said. He said, it's like, um, um, like St. Nicholas day and like advent and stuff. It's like down payment for the kids. I just, that's funny to me. I love that. So basically you know, it just really gives you these tiny little gifts and everything leading up to Jesus's birth where you get the real gift, you know, of Christ. And I just think that's really cute. And also who doesn't love getting chocolate every day? I'm just saying as a woman, that's amazing. <laughs> Plus it's like in different shapes and it's cute. Sometimes it's not chocolate though. Sometimes it can be like little ornaments, something, but I think that's really cute to get. So the next thing, is you can listen to some Advent music. And this is completely different, completely different from Christmas music. I mean, I guess not that different, but usually you hear Advent and Christmas music intertwined with each other. And Advent music is usually about the birth of Christ. So this includes Silent Night, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, um, what, what Child Is This, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, like, there are a lot of songs like that. Um, and I absolutely love Advent music. I think it's just so calming and peaceful and it just can really help us get into the mood. Um, I wanna warn you though, <laughs> if you are the type of person that likes to play Christmas music before you know, Christmas and before even Thanksgiving, you might be kind of sick of Christmas music by the time Christmas rolls around. But Advent music, if you listen to Advent music, 
up until, you know, Christ's birth. And then you start listening to the more different Christmas music. That's something that I've been implementing more recently. And honestly, I'm not sick of Christmas music yet, which is great. And it's only the 3rd of December. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how far that goes. But um, overall, though, really, I think it's just great to listen to some Advent music and get into that. I don't really know how to say it, but just that mindset of waiting for Jesus, you know, through the music. The next thing, which might be a little tricky for some because of COVID, but that would be volunteer somewhere if you can. Now, this isn't always an option um, as many places are probably closed down. However, I do believe that there are still ways we can volunteer our time to our neighbors, our community, and people in need. So whether this is packing a lunch for a homeless person you always drive by on the way to work, or, you know, giving a pair of gloves to a neighbor who's in need, or shoveling somebody's driveway when it's snowing, or, you know, going grocery shopping for that elder who lives in your community. Um, there are just so many ways that you can volunteer your time to help other people. And if soup kitchens aren't open or anything like that, you can always volunteer your time to your neighbors. We are called to love our neighbors and treat them as we would want to be treated. And I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but I would love when I am 98 for the neighborhood people younger than me to go grocery shopping for me. Like that would be amazing because I mean, I hope to live until I'm 98. I don't really know, but <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's really cool. So definitely volunteer your time to your community, neighbors, or soup kitchen if you can do that. The next thing is participate in St. Nicholas's Day. Now, this is more for younger children. However, I say if you are an adult, participate in Secret Santa or Secret St. Nicholas, whatever you want to do. Because at this point, you know, I don't think you can just leave your shoes out as an adult and expect your kids to put candy into your shoes. That candy is going to be gone by morning. So unless you want to do it yourself, I would suggest doing a secret Santa, which is super cute, you know, and of course it can be socially distanced. You can send people gifts over the internet, over Amazon, um, and things like that. So I think that is a great way to really get in the spirit, you know, and obviously if you guys do not have formed.org, you guys should totally go get it. That's F-O-R-M-E-D.org. And it is basically like a Catholic Netflix in a sense. And it has all these amazing, amazing TV shows and movies for free, you know, and if your parish uh, already has a subscription, you get your subscription free. So just type in your parish, you know, in the little box and see if they have a subscription and then boom, you have an account. And um, just so many great Catholic movies, especially for young children. I just actually recently watched Saints and Heroes, uh, the St. Nicholas movie, you know, and they're only about 20 minutes and they're cartoons, you know, and the animation is mm, a little shaky, but Oh my gosh, I used to live off these movies when I was a child and just re-watching it was so, I don't know, nostalgic. It was really cool. So if you have little kids, I'm sure they would enjoy a good St. Nicholas movie. Um, and yeah, I just think that's great. 
So then I'm going to share some traditions that we did as uh, in my family. So I don't personally remember this one, but my mother told me about this, where we would dim all the lights during Advent, because this was a way we signified that the light of the world has not arrived yet. And then on Christmas, we would light everything up. So basically, that was our own little tradition. Um, the second thing we would do is cook some saint recipes. We had this really cool cookbook that had all of these saint recipes, you know, like Oh gosh, um, St. Barbara Moscacholi or St. Agnes of the Lamb um, popcorn or something. And we would always pick a saint recipe to make from this book um, for Christmas or Christmas Eve. And that was just like such a cool thing to do. Um, and then the last thing that my family would do is we would have this traditional Polish wafer custom. And I am going to butcher the name of this Polish wafer if I actually say it. But if you're Polish and you do this tradition, you'll know what I'm talking about. And basically you can get this wafer from your local parish. They should have them, I would think. That's usually where we get them. And um, at, you know, this is more of like Christmas Eve dinner. But after saying grace at Christmas Eve dinner, basically the head of the household will take the wafer and um, he will express his appreciation and hopes for his significant other, his wife, in the upcoming year. Um, sometimes this could also be like him asking her for forgiveness, like doing something like, I'm sorry, I was so bossy or something and I will do better in my next upcoming year, you know, kind of thing. And then while the head of the household is still holding the wafer, um, the wife will break off a piece of the wafer and eat it. And then she'll take the wafer and reciprocate what uh, the husband did. And then it basically continues through the line from oldest to youngest, whether it's children or relatives, whatever it might be. And they all, you know, say what they want to say to the other and, you know, their blessings and hopes for the people, and then they break off a piece and they eat it. So that is an old Polish tradition, and it's very, very old. Um, it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years, to be honest, but it's something that my grandma on my dad's side would always do, and we just really wanted to keep that alive in our, you know, in our tradition. So those are just some things that, you know, you can do while celebrating Advent, and I also really wanted to read you guys um, a little section from Isaiah. This is basically, you know, Isaiah is, you know, he was in the eighth century. He was, you know, and uh, he is one of the most, you know, amazing prophets. And he's actually one of the most quoted prophets in the New Testament, which is actually really amazing as well. And his message of, you know, redemption and salvation is just so amazing, honestly. And he just really wanted people to know that salvation, you know, is coming. And what was our salvation? It is Jesus Christ. And even though this was long before Jesus was even born, I just think, you know, it's really great that that God chose someone like Isaiah to spread his message. So I'm just going to read a little bit from um, Isaiah chapter 40. And this is the promise of salvation. Comfort, 
Give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service has ended, that her guilt is expiated, that she has received from the hand of the Lord a double for all her sins. A voice proclaims in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the wasteland in a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill made low. The rugged land shall be plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, proclaim, I answer, what shall I proclaim? All flesh is grass, and all their loyalty like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower wilts when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Yes, the people is, yes, the people is grass. The grass withers, the flower wilts, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Go up onto the high mountain of Zion, herald of good news. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Cry out, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. He comes with power, the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. He is, here is his reward with him, his, his compens mm, before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom, leading the ooze with care, held in his fingers the dust of the earth, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or instructed him as his counselor? Whom did he consult to gain knowledge? Who taught him the path of judgment or showed him the way of understanding? See, the nations count as a top, as a drop in the bucket, as a wisp of clouds on the scales. The coastland, the coastlands with weigh no more than a speck. Lebanon would be suffice for fuel, nor its animals would not be suffice for fuel, nor its animals be enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as naught, as nothing and void, he counts them. To whom can you liken God? With what likeness can you confront him? An idol? An artsian casts it? And the smith plates it with gold, fits it with silver chains. Is mulberry wood the offering? A skilled artisan picks out a wood that will not rot, seeks to set up for himself an idol that will not totter. Do you know? Have you, have you heard? Was it not told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the founding of the earth? The one who is enthroned above the vault of the earth, its inhabitants like grasshoppers, who stretch out the heavens like a veil and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing? Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely their stem rooted in the earth. When he breathes upon them and they wither and the storm wind carries them away like straw. I really just love that. And honestly, if you haven't read Isaiah already during Advent, I highly suggest because there are so many kind of Advent, you know, gosh, cameos, I guess you could say that are in here. 
and it's just a really great book to read in general. So that's basically my podcast. Did you have any questions, Todd? Yeah, I do. So that was that was great. That was uh, so much fun to hear. And uh, you you gave a beautiful reading at the end. Thank you. I was I was curious. So does Advent actually end on Christmas Eve? So Advent, yeah, yeah, it does. So it lasts for four weeks and then it ends on Christmas Eve. So the date of Advent is always changing, but it always ends on Christmas Eve. So it's not really considered part of like the Christmas season, would you say? Um, what do you mean? Um, it's, it's a commemoration and an anticipation, but is it I mean, is it really, it's not a Christmas Day celebration at all. So this has to be concluded beforehand. Yeah, I guess I could say that. Like, I don't know positively for sure, but that would, I, that would make sense to me. Yeah. What's the tone of Advent? I, I was always under the impression originally that it was um, kind of a focus on prayer and uh, penitence and things like that. But I think in the West, we've adapted it to be more festive. Is that accurate to say? Do people treat Advent as festive or is it serious? It kind of, honestly, it's kind of both in a sense because with Advent, while we need to do that penitence, you know, and go to confession and to really be sorry for our sins and prepare, there is also this joy surrounding it because we are waiting for the arrival of Christ. So it's kind of like anticipation and the real celebration doesn't actually happen until Christ's birth, but the um, leading up to it, there is definitely a lot of excitement and joy, but also, um, you know, the color violet is uh, linked with, um, you know, penitence. And so there's also that penance that needs to be done. Right. What's the significance of the colors? So other than that, you just you told me what violet was for, but what's the significance of everything else? Yeah. So basically when it comes down to it, the, the rose color is for joy. Um, Gaudete, which is Latin for joyful rejoicing. Um, and usually rose, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the right term because we talked about this with the priest. Um, I, I mean, it's usually, it, it's trying to, it, it's, be, mm, how do I say this right? It's rejoicing for something. And rose is not a very common vestment that you will see the priests wear during mass. It only happens, you know, once in a while, but I just think it's so cool, you know, that with, you know, the, um, the color rose, like we have it during Advent to signify that joy. Um, and it's basically, that's basically what it is. It's, it's joyful. And the green symbolizes faith. The green. There's a green, is there a green candle? No, there's three, three violet, one rose, and then there is a white one that's in the center. Ah, okay, okay. The I wondered what might the might be a different, a different um, religion or something of that. Not, like I know because the Advent wreath isn't 
you know, Catholic in origin, it's Lutheran. So gotcha. there might be some difference. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's interesting. Uh, you know, obviously this podcast focuses on a Catholic's perspective as the name implies, but yeah. it's always interesting to see the variations that happen throughout Christianity and certain Absolutely. things like this. And, uh, and sometimes there's some confusion and, and overlay. And for me, a cradle Catholic, I'm way out of practice on so much stuff, but in my, my regular work, I, I study lots of different religions. And uh, for me, I get tricked up particularly in the ceremonial aspect of things, because, you know, it's one thing to understand the, you know, like the origin of religions um, and the foundations of them. And then to understand the ceremonies of them all is just so much more, so many more layers of complexities. To oh, think absolutely. About, I mean, also sure. not to mention like with the traditions that have been passed down through generation to generation in different religions, you know, yeah. some, some religions are copycats, you know? So it's like, is that actually Catholic or did that come from this? Or is that actually, you know, Lutheran or did that come from this or, you know, this and that. And so it's very interesting to see, you know, how, certain you know traditions in certain religions are similar yet the meanings can be different yeah for sure and generationally how families just do these on their own yeah i had actually this is terrible to say but i had actually forgotten about putting the nativity set out <laughs> minus baby jesus it's okay it <laughs> and happens my, and my habit is always to put out christmas decorations and put a nativity set that belonged to my grandmother out and I put them all the pieces out and and I keep forgetting yeah I'm not supposed to do that and then you reminded me of that and it's something I hadn't thought of in like in so long quick so take very down baby Jesus <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly well I'm always it's, I love doing these because I create these podcasts because I want to learn you know yeah. and I it wouldn't do me any good to do a podcast with things I already know so it's great to hear these things and to, to, for me personally, to learn and to get back in touch. And uh, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for hosting these. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for producing these because that's where the magic happens. We, we have, uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up, a lot of neat oh, things yeah. uh, set up for everyone. So everyone stay tuned and I'm I'll jump, excited. I'll get back in the studio here and I'll let you say your goodbye. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Well, with all of that being said, I am super excited for this Advent season and I hope you guys are excited as well. And, you know, do, you know, maybe implement some of these little ideas and traditions, you know, into your life or maybe add a few more. You never know. But with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode and I will see you guys in the next one. Well, you guys will hear me in the next one. Okay, bye. have questions or comments about today's episode, email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with Amber Rose, The Religious Hippie. Please be sure and rate and review this podcast. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Be sure to like and follow The Religious Hippie on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, or visit her official website at thereligioushippie.com. 
podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. And be sure to visit metatomics.org to see our listings of other unique podcasts.